0: This is Positively Hygiene with your hosts, Amber Lovatos, Amy Prenti, and Angela Doe. Listen on as we dive into the positive of dental hygiene. Happy Mother's Day. It's actually May 10th, and this is Mexico's Mother Day. Mother's Day, so Felicia de las Madres. I wanted to start off today's conversation. I received a DM by a follower who is a second-year dental hygiene student, and she is pregnant. She wants to know if she should tell her future potential employer that she's pregnant.
1: Wow, that's
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a tricky one. Yeah, I think it is tricky. I think it's always important to start relationships with honesty, right? And I think maybe a con against not sharing is that what if you didn't tell them You obviously knew you were pregnant. They know that. And then that causes them to mistrust you. That's a fear, I would say. But also, like I would say, a pro is I would want to work with somebody who would support my pregnancy. And like during pregnancy, maternity, after pregnancy, breastfeeding. Like I know I I haven't breastfed, so... I don't know, but I've heard, and I think Angela has, right? Yeah.
1: You have to schedule those breaks in advance. My advice to her would be to definitely tell them just, you know, full discretion and then to see if they support you as well and how much they value you. Because you're right, it's not just. This time when you're pregnant, but it's when maternity leave and then the time with breastfeeding. And then even after that, if your kids get sick and someone has to stay home, it's a long-term relationship. And to see where their values lie, if there's something, if they're not going to support you in the pregnancy, then it's not the practice you want to be
0: at. Yeah, I agree. I think kind of going d- different, but similar. people ask me, like, should I include my photo on my resume? And I always tell people, Yes, I would because if somebody's gonna discriminate me against my looks, then that's not some place that I would want to work. So same thing. Like if I'm gonna go into a practice and they aren't family oriented, they're not gonna understand that, hey, maybe I have to take off for some doctor's appointments, right? There's also safety concerns for me as somebody going through infertility. I if I get pregnant, when I get pregnant, I don't want to take any more radiographs. Like I like wanna make sure that I'm like being safe. When I was director at the nonprofit, when our assistants told us that they were pregnant, we like had a rule like, okay, we will take radiographs for them. Just
1: like as a courtesy, right? Yeah, like my doctor, when I was pregnant, they were one of like the first people that knew just because I wanted all the precautions to be taken. And he was great. And like, we didn't discuss like what you would do, what we would not do is just sort of known, I guess. And then even if the patient had a cough and it may have just been a cough due to allergies. But if it was like any signal that it could be they were sick or feeling unwell, but you know, you're not sure the parents tell you it's just allergies. He would be like, don't worry, I'll take them. Like I'll see them. Don't even, you know, don't e- it's fine to see the next one. And that was, I didn't realize how valuable that was. Yeah. Um, Cause even, you know, you wear all the PPE and you want to be safe, but it was nice to know that my employer and the office wanted me to be safe as well. Even when I was like further along in my pregnancy, they are like, okay, what's the plan if Angela was to go into labor in her office? Who's going to drive oh, her? Who's going to rip up sheets? You know, um, you know they, made, they made it fun. And I, I appreciated that. So you do want an office that supports you. So if you don't feel even comfortable during the interview to ask them these questions, wow, that's, that's a red flag. Yeah. And I think we need to be more cognizant of that in the beginning. I know it's scary. I I feel where your um followers coming from because especially after you graduate, you wanna get out there. You don't wanna be discriminated. You don't want anyone to tell you what you can and can't do. Um, but pregnancy is such a it can be a delicate, delicate yeah, stage. I it is scary, right? I will
0: say that even now I'm not pregnant, but people know that I'm trying to get pregnant and I've had brands reach out and be like, so, like, when you go on maternity leave, like, do you have somebody who you would recommend during that time? And I'm like, man, you wouldn't be asking my husband this. And is my husband going to be taking paternity leave? leave? He is going to be taking paternity leave, but nobody's asking him about, like, hey, who can replace you during this time? Like, Or, or, like, that's also, like, a fear that people are like, oh, you're pregnant, you're, like, weak. I happen to be weak at all. (laughs) 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 And so, although that is true, that is true that I, I was not allowed to move my last pregnancy. That is not always the case, right? Or like when they decide for you, they're like, oh, well, you're going to have a baby. You're going to be too busy for the baby. So I'm not going to think of you for this opportunity. Or, oh, do you really want to be traveling? You know, you're going to be pregnant. You know, my doctor says it's okay to travel. My doctor says it's okay to travel. Like you don't, I don't like when people make discount me because of my womanhood or my, or like certain state in my life. Like, let me, make those decisions. So I completely understand like those fears. At the same time, I would say we're so blessed in hygiene to have so many work opportunities right now that you don't have to settle. If you see a
1: red flag,
0: then don't. Like, don't pursue that practice. And that you had the
1: opportunity temp as well. So, yeah, you know, maybe they do say no and don't want you. There's still other avenues um, to go about keeping your skills up and keeping, you know, keeping what you learned going on as well. I have to agree. I don't like it when people make those decisions for you. Like, oh, you know, I'm not going to approach her. She's too busy. She has two kids and she's doing this and that, like, let me make that decision for myself if I'm able to balance it or not. You don't, I mean, to be a little rough, you don't know me, you don't know my life, um, don't dictate what I can do. So it does bother me. But then at the same time, then that's probably a company or someone I, I don't want to work with if they're going to make those assumptions about me before even talking to me and working with me.
2: It's important to not let the fear of not getting a position keep you from advocating for your own pregnancy Mm, so you want yeah so you should go into the interview with these ideas in mind what do you anticipate for time off or how long can you survive with an unpaid leave versus a paid leave or you know kind of know what you need and then go into the interview anticipating what you can ask for or like you know maybe sometimes you find an in between that you can negotiate on but you should go into it with what you anticipate do you anticipate on breastfeeding do you anticipate on 3 months off or just 1 month or what do you see that you need
0: that's so true and i would say those are good conversations to have to like serve so knows like expectations and for us we live in texas where we're a fire at will state means i can fire you for whatever reason I'm not saying that's a good thing i did work for a super toxic practice this is a horrible story and what they did was, this woman had worked at the at our at the nonprofit actually, not the one that I'm at right now, a different one. And she had worked there less than a year. She actually worked in HR of all things. If you believe that, um, she went on maternity leave. The Friday before she was supposed to come back, they let her go. Wow.
2: My gosh.
0: She already had her daycare paid for for her baby for that Monday. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is that it's horrible. It's horrible. I think leave those toxic practices, right? Those toxic jobs. But I mean, just to tell you that, you know, they don't have to necessarily hold your position. They can choose to not keep you for me. If you go in right now and don't let them know that you're pregnant and then they find out and they choose that they don't want to keep you, they don't have to keep you. That's, that's, that's the reality of it. So especially if they think that you like maybe lied or withheld something. Yeah, misled. Yeah. yeah. Because if you're far along, maybe you're six months by the time you graduate, they're going to, you would have to know, right? That would be obvious that you're doing three months. That would be kind of obvious that maybe you're not showing, but they would know that you knew. And that might be a reason that they choose to then fire you. So I think it's better to have those, yeah, honest conversations so that you know, they know what your expectations are. And and vice versa.
2: Yeah. So the harder conversations up front set you up for a more predictable future and a better environment down the road.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would see the positive in going into a job pregnant is you get all that cleared up. You know, you see where their policies are. You see where their values lie. You see where their support is. Versus if you enter a job and maybe there are red flags you can look past, but then you become pregnant and it goes downhill. Then it's like, you know, it. It may be hard to leave because maybe you built up those vacation hours for your maternity leave, but then they don't support you afterwards with breastfeeding or whatnot and taking time away. And so it's that's the positive I see in going in pregnant yeah. is you get to see where the office lies. So you breastfed as a hygienist. Yes. How did you plan that into like your schedule? For both my sons, I breastfed. I was fortunate. I had like a higher position in my office, so I had the ability to go in. And even before I left, I marked um, my schedule with every three hours for twenty minute blocks um, when I would when I would pump. And that's what I did. And everyone was supportive. Um, there was never a no, you can't do this, or no, you can't block yourself out. Um, they would either put patients around me or give the patients to the doctor. Um, and I did that before I went on maternity leave. I think I did that as soon as I could with patients scheduling six months out.
0: Yeah. And were you paid during those times that you were breastfeeding?
1: No, I never had that conversation. I clocked out because 20 minutes is a good chunk of time for dental hygiene and to have that like two to three times a day. So personally I clocked, you know, I wanted to clock out, but now that we're having this conversation, I never thought, oh, maybe I should approach them and ask them. You yeah. Know? I think
0: what maybe some new grads don't realize is that depending on your state, but nationally for like FMLA, dental offices generally don't have to follow FMLA rules and regulations because they have under 50 employees.
2: I just learned that the other day.
0: Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot that's of things that people wild. are like, that's against the law. FMLA protects. FMLA protects for practices or businesses over 50 employees. And even when I was at, like, the nonprofit that I was at, we didn't have over 50, so we didn't didn't have to do those things and have to follow FMLA. And most private practices and most dental practices don't. My office had, like, 10 people. (laughs) Yeah. We're far from that. So when people talk about, like, oh, they're required to, they're required to, like, give you breaks, or they're required to pay you for maternity, Mm, not necessarily, maybe required to give you a certain amount of time off, but they're not required to then hold your job. Right. Or maybe not as length of time that you want to keep that job or or go on a break for. So, yeah, there are certain things that we're not as protected in.
2: How much time did you take off after?
1: So the first time I took nine weeks. And then the second time I took a full three months. (laughs) I think I took a little bit more than three months my second time. But then towards like the end of it, because I didn't just do clinical, I did some managerial things like I would go in and maybe do um, run the reports or whatnot, just like for a few hours. And I took, you know, they allowed me to, it was like when we had no patients and I was allowed to take my baby with me, you know, so that was, that was nice. It didn't bother me. It sort of helped me ease back into a routine. Yeah. But it was, it was difficult to go back. You do need that support. Of your office to cheer you on um, because emotionally, physically, you can be trained. Yeah. Somebody was that sa- I saw somebody online
0: who said that, you know, before they went on back full time, they did like a one day
1: like trial oh, where they, like- oh, nice. I researched going back. They say don't start in the beginning of the week, start in the middle, start on a Wednesday or a Thursday. So that way, if things don't go well going back emotionally, physically. Um, you have like that weekend to recuperate and start again. I mean, that's a little bit why schools, schools don't, when they you go back to school, you don't start back on a Monday. You start on a Wednesday or a Thursday to help transition things. So when you have to choose a day to go back, don't go back on the beginning of the week, choose towards the end.
2: I like that. That's a good tip. That's good. Yeah. It's interesting too. I did, um, back in January, I did a poll on my Instagram um, talking all things dental hygiene and pregnancy. And one of them was, overall, was your office supportive of your pregnancy? 82% said yes. That's a good percentage. Uh, Something else we asked too. uh, We said, uh, how much time did you take off, paid or unpaid? And uh, we had four of them here. I'll go through. So 4% two weeks? 15% 15% six weeks, 38% one to three months, and 43% actually said three months or more. Oh, wow. So that was the most popular wow. answer was three wow. months or more. Yes.
0: Those two weeks, man, those are some troopers. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, and I'll say like for my last pregnancy, which was a long time ago, my boys when I now 17 and 18. Well, not my last pregnancy, my last pregnancy ended in miscarriage, but the ones that were to completion were C-sections. And I kind of even imagine like walking that first week was hard. I can't imagine going back to work after two weeks. Um that's that's tough. But I guess maybe like financially you needed to, then financially you needed to. But I will say that's kinda of like been the other thing for me, like going through infertility. You know, I I miscarried last year and I took like three months off from work from like September to November. I wasn't working a whole lot. I did go back to work clinically part-time in November, but I needed time off. And there's sometimes there are places that, oh, you had a miscarriage today? Oh, go back to work tomorrow, right? And that's not like the kind of practice that I would want to work for. Right now, I'm working at a different nonprofit and they're awesome. And they know that I'm going through fertility. And you know, um, in the future, we're going to start the second part of IVF. And I've retold them like, hey, and there's going to be a certain week in this certain month where I'm probably going to have to take off because my schedule has to be fluid during IVF. Um, your, your appointments are based on like when your cycle comes, you do like ultrasounds, that ultrasound determines like the next ultrasound. And so if you're in a practice that isn't supportive of like your family planning or those things, then maybe that's not like where you should be. I've also like, yeah, made it clear to them I don't want to take radiographs and they're okay with that. They're just happy to have a hygienist, all <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Everyone wants to work? Okay, we'll give her what she wants. And that's, you know, like, that's exactly where I would I would want to be. I wouldn't want to feel like I can't, like, advocate for myself or be afraid that, like, I can't talk to my employer about situations. Or what if I felt bad one day, right? And I need to take, take a break. What if, like, I didn't feel comfortable enough and I pushed through and then something happened? Like, I, I don't know. I always get, like, act like I'm strong, but sometimes I get scared of, like, speaking up. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, and for me, like I, my body is takes a heart like longer time to recover, and I like, guess it's getting older. My back has just been so messed up from hygiene. I do have a back defect. But every time I go through some sort of like procedure or thing with IVF or like miscarriage, my back kind of like gives out for a couple of weeks and I have to take a break from clinical. And I'm so fortunate that, you know, where I'm at, they're like, yeah, whatever you can do Amber. you know, whenever you can come in. And so that's that's nice. So I mean I tell you that to tell you that there are good practices out
1: there. There are practices that are really to like work with you. There are. There are. I would say, Amy, you mentioned that, you know, maybe you have to cut down or leave early, maybe to make your appointments, because definitely during towards the end of the pregnancy, you have them more frequently, your appointments more frequently. And I think if the practice does see that it's not a good fit anymore don't, it's hard not to, but don't take it personally. Um, I had a friend, she wasn't pregnant, but she has a, she has a child and her child's schedule with after school and everything only allowed her to work till let's say 4 PM. And no, they wanted her till 6 PM. And she, she's always stuck to her gun. She's like, no, I need to leave at four. And then they told her, and then in 2 weeks they told her okay this is basically your 2 weeks notice we're letting you go because we found someone that can stay till 6 wow and i know that hurts especially if you stayed at the practice from the practice's standpoint they're looking out for their business as well not that i think that's what practices should do i think it should be a conversation and maybe they did have a conversation i, I don't know to that extent but i would say just you know don't uh, don't take it personally don't dwell on it if they decide that it's not a good thing anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, I understand that there's like the business side of it too, but I've also seen like there was a, I was on a forum for dentists and they were talking about like, oh, the hygiene shortages and, you know, considering the fact that hygiene is primarily women, right? And women, we will sometimes, some of us will be mothers, not everybody, right? But some will. And so it's not uncommon for us to have to take responsibility for the children, for pregnancy for, for all those things, right? And this one did to said that her solution as a single mom herself was that she hired a nanny to go to be at her job. So her nanny would take care of her baby and, and then if any of the employees' children were, like, sick and they might have had to have called out to take care of their kid, instead they were bringing the kid to the practice and the nanny would take care of all the kids. Um And it was just, like, a very – like, it's so sweet, right? Like, very yeah. considerate and welcoming, like, environment. Now, they didn't have to use the nanny if they didn't want to, but they didn't want to lose out on work. And they had somebody who would take care of the kid. They had that that free opportunity to – you know, she hardly ever had people call out because of that because they – Made like a family environment. I'm like, man, that is so sweet.
1: Yeah. Sometimes we allowed it. I mean, we always allowed it. But like, when if the kids have like a day off school, especially being a p- pediatric practice, we're open on certain holidays. Then we let the kids come in. And they, they just, you know, they're very respectful. They just stay in the break room or whatnot. But we allowed flexibility for that because we know it's a balance. Yeah. And I mean, I'll say, I, like,
0: I did work at a practice where, um, where I was doing admin stuff too. I wasn't necessarily clinical, and my teenager was acting out, and I had to bring him, um, with me. So I brought him with me, and that was okay. I mean, you know, he knew not to be at school, so he had to come to work with me. Um, but yeah, so there are good, good, good opportunities out there. Um, I do think Amy's right about just having those those conversations. We'll end it on like another positive note, but I I will say that one positive thing about hygiene is that we have the opportunity and ability to temp. And so if you don't even, if you don't find the practice that works for you, if it's with your schedule as a parent, as somebody who's expecting, then there's always temping. And that's like, I feel like that's such a huge blessing in hygiene. I never feel like I'm going to be without a job because I can always go and find a day job or whatever. And on the other side of that, if you're a hygienist, you can find long-term temp opportunities for covering maternity leaves. And that's kind of nice too. So know that we're rooting for you. Congratulations on, on your baby. Congratulations on graduating hygiene school. Focus on the positive. Focus on, you know, this new bundle of joy and the fact that you're about to be one of us. And we're so excited to welcome you into this field. Absolutely.
2: Thank you for listening to Positively Hygiene.
1: Join us every Tuesday for a new episode.
2: Don't forget to follow us on Instagram for the opportunity for how you can contribute to our podcast. And follow and review Positively Hygiene on Apple and Spotify podcast.